And welcome to this week's episode of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. I'm Brandon. And I'm Craig. And um, I'll just let you guys know um, it took us a little bit to get on because I had to watch this guy eat a candy bar before we went on. It was a protein bar. Okay. But I don't know, when you're eating a protein bar, I didn't know they were finger licking good because it sounded like he, <laughs> sounded like a cow with his foot stuck in the mud every time he took a bite. It was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, I've never heard somebody eat a candy bar so noisily. And he went, protein bar, candy bar, protein bar. You are still noisy. Yeah. Hey, welcome. How's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> I would deny it, but that that description of the cows, you know, walking through the mud is actually what exactly it what like. it was. And then, and then he slurped it down. I'm not saying he drank it down. I'm saying he slurped it down with coffee. It literally sounded like so. It's you know protein bar. You've had protein bars. They're a little bit chewier a than a normal chewier. candy bar. Yeah, there's a little more earthiness there or something. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right term, but yeah, I I still I've had maybe hundreds of protein bars, never have sounded like a cow in the mud. But you never. didn't have to eat it and chomp it down real quick before podcasting either, dude. Uh, we started. You started the recording eight minutes before we actually started recording, and you have been eating that for eight minutes. It was chewy. Okay. <laughs> Hey, but uh, welcome. Hey. <laughs> good so, to see you on this Monday speaking morning. Speaking of coffee, and it is good coffee, we are drinking uh, coffee from um, Hemisphere. Hemisphere. Correct? This and coffee. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. surprise we got today. our thoughts on who maybe dropped it off. Um, but if it was you and you want us to know, let us know right? um, because well, we do say thank you. It's very good. It's Hemisphere Coffee. They're out of Mechanicsburg. We've talked about them before. This is a Papua New Guinea dark roast. Papua New Guinea. And it, it, it's definition underneath of it. It says earthy dark roast with low acidity. I would agree with that. That's, yeah. Like, that's a very good description. And you did, you did very well on, um, on, on making it too. So thank you. Kudos. Um, you know, it was very much, um, dark. I like dark, so it was nice. Yes, yes, you do. It was really nice. Um, that balanced out the slurping and the, um, you know, Cow stuck stuff in the mud, so I'm here to serve. You are here to serve, but um, but no, um, it's um actually kind of a rainy, cloudy day today. I mean, yeah. yesterday was I thought yesterday was muggy in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then um, we got rain last night a um, little bit. I saw a little bit, yeah, not too much. But they were calling for like tornado and hail and all this other yeah. threats, and like it just stayed good. Like we were gonna do youth group inside uh-huh. and play kickball inside, and it's like. As it got closer, we were like, uh, it's, I thought the wind was going to pick up. It's like, we can play kickball outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. I mean, it was nice that it, it did cool down though toward it the did. evening and the wind picked up. That wind was strong though. Mm-hmm. It did pick up. The wind was really strong. Um, towards sundown. <laughs> right. Um, I can't remember what I'm going to say. <laughs> I just threw him off. It sounded like a Western, Western movie. Uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot sung a song called Sundown. Sundown. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard it? No. You have no idea, do you? Nope. Dude, what you I mean, I know born? Gordon Lightfoot. I know who Gordon Lightfoot is, but. Yeah. Pull up Sundown. Awesome. No, song. 1985. Thank so, you. a little quick story about Gordon, Gordon Lightfoot. Um, we, um, a few years back, of course, Gordon died about a month ago. Didn't know if you knew that or not. He was like 83 or 4. He didn't. About seven or eight years ago, um, outside of Dayton, Ohio, he was performing at like an amphitheater. And so my son Dustin and his wife and a couple other friends of ours went to see Gordon Lightfoot. And um, I'll be honest with you, he was he was pretty good. He's a little older. You know, he's not the Gordon Lightfoot of the 70s. Right, you know, uh, right. So he's a little older. But um, 
Sundown is one of his big songs. And so Dustin and I, a couple of people were like, sing Sundown. We're yelling. We're like, sing Sundown. And you know, he, he, you know, he has the progressions of his songs. Oh yeah. So then finally he goes into Sundown. Now, you know, we're like, whoa, you know, rocking and rolling. We're like, uh, you know, so then he sings another song. They were like, sing Sundown. Somebody turned around and looked at this like, he just sang it. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I, I, I could have listened to it again. It was, he was really good. He was really good. He was like 79 at that point, but there you go. Yeah. You just shouldn't drink when you go to those concerts. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Goodness. But you know, um, it, it was, I know you go to, um, you go to like, um, what, Mark Lowry concerts and, um, he just gave me the stink eye. <laughs> you go to the Christian concerts. I go to the, I balance this out. I don't do many concerts, period, at all, just because I don't like, like being around. Like many, con- right. like M-A-N-Y or M-I-N-I, many concerts. Either one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is going on today? I don't know. Uh, can I just be honest? Can we, can we have a moment of transparency? Go for it. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of being in big crowds like that, especially around quote unquote Christians, because <laughs> they can be more rude. Like going to a Christian concert can be more, they can, those people can be more rude than going to a secular concert. Yeah. Everybody at the Gordon Lightfoot concert, right? Like best just, friends. Just chill. And now exactly. I will, uh, we went to, Allie and I did go and we talked about it, I think, to that Phil Wickham, Matt Marr, and Leland mm-hmm. concert um, there a couple months ago up in Canton. That was different because we knew it was going to be more of like a night of worship. Right, right. So that was a little different setting. Kind of everybody there knew what what was – it wasn't like, you know, no one was out like yelling, free bird or anything like that. So Sundown. Sundown. (laughs) They're like, well, that's not my song. Right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not much on the concert scene, but it has to be the right person to go. Agreed. To go see it. Like um, mine are mine are slowly passing away, so I don't know who else I'm going to go see. I mean, Merle Haggard, uh, you know, Georgia Jones, Johnny Cash, uh, Gordon Light. I mean, I don't know who else is left. Wendell Jennings is gone. Right. Man, go see Willie. Still got Willie. But other than that, like Loretta's death. I mean, I I don't know who else. I think Willie's going to outlive us all. (laughs) I think you're right. Didn't he just turn ninety? Just turned ninety. Yeah. And right, just he's still he's still kicking. More power to him. Yeah. Well, for a ninety year old, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I hope I'm as as healthy as Willie when I'm (laughs) ninety. Leading worship. Leading worship. That would be awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna have a guitar named Trigger. We better name him now and right. start working on that hole in the. Uh... Well, exactly. Well, that just takes years and years of yeah, it does of playing. So, so um, just to I've had this brought up to me yesterday a couple times, and we've we've not talked about baseball. We haven't. Yeah, I actually had someone say that too, and I've not talked about baseball because um, they're weak. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of baseball. In 2023 with the, you know, batting clock, the pitching clock, the, yeah. if you go into extra innings, you, you put, run put a man second at base. second base. I mean, what is this, T-ball? It's kind of like, you know, when we used to play in, in, um, in the neighborhood and you play wiffle ball and you didn't have enough kids to play. And like, if it was your turn to bat, like you had ghost runner on second because you had to go in and bat. That's about where we're at it's right now. It's kind of like what yeah. it is. That's about where we're at. Yeah. Ghost runner at second. That's a really good term. That would yeah. be, that's what they need to call that. They should. So, but uh, I had several people mention yesterday, the Reds were on a, what, 11 game win streak? I think 12. Like 12 game I think win they streak. Did 12. And then they got beaten two games in a row. 
whoop, whoop. by the Atlanta Braves, which the Braves were coming into that series in Cincinnati on an eight-game win streak, which is, mm-hmm. I think they also had a previous um, win streak of eight games earlier in the season. And so they lost, and then they are now on a two-game yeah. winning streak. So they won eight gro- they won eight before that one too. They lost. They won eight, lost one, and then won eight more. No, I don't know that they lost one, but they oh. were, they had a, an eight eight or nine game win streak earlier in the in the season, and then going into this series, they were on an eight game win streak again. Correct. And then the Reds beat them the first game, which put them to twelve. Correct. And then the Braves won the last two of the okay. series. Okay. So. so, and I had several people yesterday saying, "Hey, you, are you excited? Are you, um, you know, it's uh, is is this the team that's going to go to the playoffs? Is you know what's going to happen?" So. Um, here's my, I'm just gonna, those of you who've asked me that, I know some of you are listening, let me just pull this, let me just tell you this right now. I'm not, I don't get too excited with, um, losing streaks or winning streaks. It's what they do in the other parts of the, uh, mm-hmm. it's consistency. Exactly. Cause everybody can go into a slump. You can go into a slump yep. in your personal life. You can go into a slump yep. as, uh, as you're in your walk with God. And then you can have a high point where you have a mountaintop experience with God. And then you can be like the Reds where you won 12 in a row and everybody's hitting and everybody's pitching and everything is just like clockwork. It's all clicking. But now that we're on a, you're on a two game losing streak. Now what? Yep. Is it it's that, how you respond? It, you, I mean, we could go into a nine-game losing streak, and that's the way point. it is with life. It's how you respond. So here's how you know if you're qualified, bona fide, yeah, championship playoff team. You win twelve in a row, you might lose two in a row. You're going to riddle off five or six in a row, and you might lose one. Mm-hmm. You might lo- you might riddle off four wins in a row and lose one. Now then you might win win you know six or seven in a row and lose three. Right. That's how you know you're a championship team. It's like I told somebody yesterday. I was like, the big red machine, and I know you're like, oh come on, that was like forty some years ago. Correct, but they're still like the twenty seven Yankees. It is what it is. So well, um, I'm gonna cut you right there. Big red machine. Like the other night when they won their twelfth game against the Braves. I was watching that game, and their announcers acted like they just won the World Series. It's like, act like you've been there. And then I thought, oh, they haven't in a really long time. So, big red machine. Yeah, and and that's and that was my other thing before I explained that. The um um, you know, they I saw the clip of that actually, um, and they did celebrate like they just won the World Series. Right. And I'm like, you're literally, if we just can we just say. You're about four games or five or six games over 500. Right now, they're a half a game up on the Brewers in the Central. In the first place. Right. Okay. So, and that's only a half a game up. Half a game up. After 12 straight wins. Right. Which, which, this is tells is you a now. a testament, though, of where they've come from. I know, from. but this, this tells you, though, how hard this is to stay, to have exactly. a championship team and to be consistent. So the big red machine. And for those of you who really like our baseball talk, you're going to love this. Yes. Um, they were consistent. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost. Did they make errors? Yeah, they made errors. But this is what they would do. They would win nine games in a row and lose two. Right. They would win seven games in a row and lose three. They would win um, nine games in a row and lose one. And this is how this is how they would do that. They would right. just go one. They would put all these winning streaks together. There was one time, I think in 75, because they started off the season like 19 and 22 and 75, but they ended up winning 108 games. Wow. But after that first 19 and 22 were how they started, what happened was is that team riddled off like 10 games in a row, lost one. Yep. Won 10 games in a row, lost one. Won ten. There was at one point where over um, 35 games, they only lost three games. That's awesome. So you that's how you know you're a championship team. Exactly. Because that gives you the leeway. 
to have people hurt, to right. have people, you, you are going to go into a slump. I don't care how good yeah. a team you are, you're going to go into a slump. Right. And so, do I think the Reds of 2023 are a championship team? I, my words could come back and bite me. I'm going to say no. I don't they're think so not. Either. I'm going to say that if they keep doing what they're doing, they could possibly have a championship team in the next couple of years. But yeah. um, you can't hinge everything on a guy who has 69 at bats. I was going to say for his career, you can't you is, can't judge anything on that. I, I've watched you know quite a few of their last three games because they were playing the Braves, but. Ellie De La Cruz is is fun to watch. Like I understand why Cincinnati is excited about him. He's he's gonna be good. It's kind of like when Ronald Acuna came up into the Braves, and now I look back and it's like, eh, Acuna's okay. Like my daughter's like, she calls him Junior because Ronald uh, Ronald Acuna Junior. She's like, Junior's up to bat. I'm like, who cares about Junior? Like, uh, let him walk so he can steal the base and right. and let um you know Austin Riley and uh, Matt Olson you know hit a home run and, and get him in or Ozzy Albies right. is having a great year, but. You're going to have players come and go. How do you play as a team? And right now they are playing well as a team. The Reds are pitching well. The Braves are too. The Braves are up six games in the NL East on the uh, Marlins, and they are they had a really good um, away stretch against the Phillies where they beat they swept them. They beat mm-hmm. them three games. So they're, the Braves are ten games up on Bryce Harper and mm. the Phillies. And he hasn't been has he, he hasn't, much he hasn't played much. He hasn't had a, hurt. Good, a good year this year, yeah. He plays every other year. Did you ever notice that? I have noticed that. But his every, hair really but his hair looks good. Every, yeah. Like he's got every that year. Philly fanatic headband. He does. If I was a Phillies fan, I would order me one of those, but You should do that. You should just go ahead and do that anyway. Just order the Philly fanatic. I'm actually going to get one with instead of the Philly fanatic, it's going to be Bryce Harper's face. Dude, I can't believe you don't have that or Justin Bieber. <laughs> I was thinking about so, that too. Okay, we'll switch gears because I know right. we've already spent enough time. That, that's our baseball talk. We hey, haven't talked it in a while. So we there haven't. You go. Um, <laughs> yesterday at church, I'm standing in the back, and this guy pulls out this outfit. <laughs> Do you want to see it again? Oh, dude, pulls out this outfit. It's a short, like it's short shorts. Okay, it's shorts, and a oh my it's like gosh. a swim trunk. It's like a it's leopard. And it's, it's leopard. And it's got a button-down shirt that's leopard, like matching. I sent so I sent that to my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my wife the other day, and I said I'm going to order this for Tom and I for for the beach. You get smacked. And and Annette responded back, and she said Tom says he's in. <laughs> Is he now? Yeah, I have it ordered. I think you could pull that off. What about me? I think that you could pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really not good. I wish I wish we we could throw up real time pictures while you guys are you know doing this. You could you know like a picture would pop up of this. If you saw this outfit, um, you would literally have to stop and just laugh for a few minutes. It's like when he showed that to me, I I was not in that mode, but I I, my mind stopped. I'm like, what? What are you doing here? So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) So um. What else is going on? I know, I know you got a big, big week. Got a two, big week. Three, four, five weeks coming oh, up now. Oh goodness! Will you please? You act like I'm gonna be gone. I think. What did I figure it up earlier? Like vacation day wise, I'm, I'm gonna be gone seven vacation days. I said uh, yesterday it was in the second service. I was like, <laughs> hey, uh, I said, hey, Brandon's gonna be gone for the next uh, couple of weeks. Somebody applauded and went, amen. Yeah, that was Matt Craig, the former minister here, and you were, you looked at him and you're like, you're, you're not, not even, even gonna, gonna be, be here. here. <laughs> So thanks, Matt, if you listen. Um, but yeah, no, we are. So I've got a couple of days here in the office. Got to tidy up a couple of things, get things ready for my team that's going to be leading while I'm gone, which is is awesome that I, you know I can lead. And you know, when you leave, 
and you're gone for a Sunday, I step in and preach, and then I still have to have a team that I get ready to, to do the worship. Yeah, that's aspect, why so. you make the big bucks, bro. Is, and, um, is that what we're calling it? Yeah, that's what we're calling it. Okay. Awesome. That's why I give you all these extra vacation days that you right. can know. Um, I think you should while I'm gone. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think while I'm gone, instead of uh-huh. you just preaching, you should preach and lead worship. That'd be good. Hey, everybody. Um, the hymnals are back in the pews. So, uh, <laughs> grab your hymnal and turn to page 169 as we sing all six verses of Standing on the Promises. Mm. They're going to be like, Brandon, where are you? So, uh, okay. So <laughs> I had someone yesterday tell me, and I won't give any names. I won't. Someone said, I really, I really enjoyed the hymn that you sang today. And I was like, Oh, really? Thanks. Which one? They looked at me like, I'm like, I, I know what you mean. Thank you. It's like, they're all hymns. By That's definition, hilarious. they're all hymns. But anyways, but they were talking about the old rugged cross, which you yeah. and I had kind of planned that coming out of your out of your sermon and, and wanting to do it a little bit more simple and really just kind of focus on exactly. the power of the cross. And we sang that, uh, you know, hallelujah for the cross during the countdown, yeah, kind of yeah. tying that all together. But um, yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but no, I thought it was a good day, but we are getting ready to, uh, getting ready to leave. We're going to head out on, um, Wednesday evening late, like 10 PM, 11 PM. Whoa. So I'm going to, Whoa, I'm in bed. I took the day. I'm going to call you. You can call me, right? You know, You'll get until the morning, but, be off. but, yeah. um, but no, I, I took the day Wednesday so I could kind of rest up and, and whatnot and okay. get, be ready to go. Got to get the dog to the kennel, uh, Wednesday evening. And then, uh, yeah, 10, 11 o'clock, we're going to roll out. That way the kids, Allie's goal. So if any, if any of you know Allie, you know that like trips, she can sleep. Like she, she just be zonked. So her goal, she's already said is to make it past Marysville before she falls asleep. Oh my. That's like 15 minutes. Yeah. She can, she can, I think she gets it from her dad. Like she could get in a car and like, if she knows we're going on a long trip, like she's out. Like the whole time? Oh yeah, I think she'll wake up. No, actually, the last time we came back from uh, North Carolina after that um, basketball game, she actually stayed up and, and really? chatted with me quite a bit. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's that's well, at eleven o'clock. I mean, I, oh, I don't blame her out. for going down. Oh, we go to bed. I'd be like, going down too, like at nine thirty. Well, she's in bed normally before that. Really, we're like we're an eighty-year-old couple who vacation who vacation. constantly. Yes. Constantly, yeah. Should we tally up? Yeah, how we long should. We've been gone. Yeah, how many? We should. I heard, you know, little birdie told me you're you're gonna kind of slip away and and maybe go camping a little bit. I'm gonna go camp, but I gotta come back because I got a wedding. Right, that's right. You are. Yeah. But so does I, it really count? Well, sure. So I'm just want to know: Are you leaving to go camping because you just couldn't, um, you know, just deal with the fact that you would be in the office without me? You were gonna miss me too much. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, let's do that. No, my granddaughter's here, so oh. she wanted to go camping, so I'm going to take her camping for a couple nights. But cool. it's kind of got to be working a little bit, which exactly. is kind of you know, it's it, it. And she understands that she's going to be 11. Um, yep. So she, you know, she kind of knows. But you know, we we kind of do the whole thing, and you know, you know, go camping, and we're going over to a place that has a pool and also a beach lake, and okay. it's kind of cool. So um, I think she'll really enjoy it. We're going to a place like that too. I know you're going down to the actual beach, right? Right. Um, so uh, last night we were she <laughs> she kept asking me. I was super tired. Can we play the game Trouble? You know what the game Trouble oh, is. My kids were playing Trouble the other day. So 
Anita and I and Izzy all sit down on the floor and we play a game of trouble. And I'm going to tell you something. Izzy and Anita are ruthless. Like, they're ruthless. Yeah. Like, they, Anita was like, let's gang up on him so he won't win. I'm like, really? And that's exactly what they did. Guess who ended up winning though? You. I won. That's right. Yeah. That's what happens when you go to the dark side. The light usually wins. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Speaking of ruthless, okay. um, so youth group last night, we played kickball. And and Allie was like, "Do you need any more, you know, players? Do you need me to play, or, or can I set out?" I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did she play? She didn't. Oh, I was gonna say. I told because her because like, this turns from actual a, a you know a a pretty decent, let's say, fun game of kickball to cutthroat gladiator sporting. Yeah, I, I said, sweetie, we don't have any incident reports out forms yeah, out right? here. Like we're just not prepared for that. You, why don't you just?" Just watch. Do you know every That's now and then? That went down every all. now and then, when I want a uh, just a good chuckle this week, <laughs> you just play that back in your memory. I play that memory where her face, and it's like I swear there was like there was fire coming from the ball as Christian <laughs> got tripped up and he wrapped around that ball like a pretzel and just boom, uh, he fell. I will say one of the kids, um, you know, Jordan now is is going into middle school, so she's in youth group, but. She kicked the ball and was running to first, and one of the high school kids threw it and walloped her in the face. No like, way. I thought she was going to have Franklin written backwards oh across her Oh, my forehead. goodness. How'd she take it? Oh, fine. She was fine. It's ruthless. It Those is. games are ruthless, it man. Is. No mercy. Um, I think a friend of mine, I think it was kickball in the gymnasium at the church we were at, he ended up um, like damaging his ankle and had to have surgery on it playing kickball. Youth minister. Mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, if you're listening, you remember those? Mike. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had to have surgery on it. Surgery, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. We we had Sue when I was youth minister the first time. Um, Sue blew out her calf playing kickball. Was kickball crazy. is just not a good game, I guess. Well, and it's I think you're using muscles you normally don't use, and you just think that um, it's kind of like you see people like um, taking the they're they're swinging out over lakes, and yes. you know what I mean, and yes. they don't realize. How hard that is. Right. They think it looks easy, right. but do you realize how much strength you gotta have to swing out over a lake on a rope? Yeah, cause you've, you've seen the, like the fail videos of that. Oh, they're hilarious. Yes. They hurt. It, they're just, boom. Yeah. Or the ropes get tangled up in their legs and it just locks it's, them they there. They fall off the cliff. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, sports, if you're not playing sports and not in that mode, it, you can, you can ding yourself. Oh, yeah. Up pretty well, bad. I mean, I've even, and I did roll my ankle there, you know, a few, quite a few weeks ago, but, you know, my ankle was, was sore last night just from playing kickball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, we probably should motor on because everybody's like, are you guys getting to the topic or what? Right. So, um, but yesterday we kind of closed out our series on Kings. I thought we had a good we day kind yesterday. Of did. Well, we actually did. Okay. Um, we had a, I thought we had a good day yesterday. We were near 300. It was, and, it was um, a great day. Had a, uh, a visitor come from Vermont. Maine. Maine. And she decided that this is it. She wants to be baptized. That was yeah, awesome. It was awesome. And, uh, the baptistry wasn't heated. And I told her, man, it's going to be freezing cold. She said she didn't. She was care. like, "I'm from Maine." Is exactly. So we got in the water. I'm like, "You all right?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm swimming colder than this." I'm like, "Okay." So, right. um, but it was it, that was awesome. It was so, probably a little bit different. Like it was cold, but there were there was no like lobsters or anything in the water. Exactly. Her brother, who goes to church here, mm-hmm. told me he was visiting her in Maine mm-hmm. for ten days last year, and over the ten day period, he consumed fifty. Lobsters. What? That's what he said. Fifty. 
Crawdads or lobsters? Lobsters. Goodness. He consumed 50 over 10 days. That's a lot of lobster. That is a lot of lobster. I mean, <laughs> whew. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I've never been to Maine. I've heard it's And I've really never pretty. had 50 lobsters. I've total. never had 50 lobsters in my life. Right? I've never been to Maine either, but I heard it's beautiful. I, did, I have too. Yeah. Maybe we should take a trip up there. Let's go. Grounded with Brandon and Craig from yeah. Maine. Yeah. Another vacation for Brandon in Maine. Well, if you go, I mean, it'll be a vacation, vacation for me for too. So we'll both still end up having to work. So <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. So we, we ended yesterday with King Solomon. Yes. And we started off with King Saul. We had a couple weeks on King David and yesterday was Solomon. And, and as I was getting in this and I got, I actually got into the second week and I thought I should have done the whole summer on these guys. And, um, so we may revisit these guys again sometime because this, this, their stories are really good. And, and I really feel like I've skimmed the, uh, a rock across the lake in, in some areas because there are some really good things that all these guys did. And then there were some things that they didn't do so well. Exactly. And, um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, you look at Solomon and, um, just, you know, who he was. He was a, an interesting character to, yes. to be honest. Yes, They're all, they all are, but he's very, yeah, they were all different. Yeah. Um, but, um, it, I started off by asking this question, what is wisdom? Cause I think that we all have a, a mindset of what we think it is. And so I gave a definition of wisdom that said it's the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. And I thought that was pretty simplistic. I thought that was a pretty good, um, pretty good definition. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that, um, we have to understand is that, you know, if you know anything about Solomon, you know that he asked God for wisdom. And, right. and um, I, I thought it was interesting as I was studying this that, um, you know, David had called Solomon and to talk to him, and they get into this discussion about the temple, where David thought he was going to build the temple, but it wasn't his job to do it, so it's Solomon's job right. to do this, and so he's going to carry that weight, but I like what David does in First Chronicles 22, verse, verse 11 through 13. He says, now listen, uh, or he says, now my son, may the Lord be with you and give you success as you follow his directions and building the temple of the Lord your God. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding, which is great, that you may obey the law of the Lord of your God and rule over Israel. For you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and the regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses. I love this last part. Yep. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid and do not lose heart. So I think the interesting fact here is you know, I really believe that this is an important scripture because I think that David actually planted the seed of he did. Solomon. I, I think David also kind of knew maybe Solomon's personality exactly, and so he's like, man, like David, David a little boastful, a little prideful is like maybe he's like, it should be me, I should be the one exactly. building the temple, and, and you kind of get that, but he's like, oh, Solomon's got a long way to go. Like he's a good kid, but. You know, he's got some, some stuff, like he's pretty worldly, so he needs some wisdom. And I think that, um, <laughs> that was a good thing for him to ask for. It was. 100%. Um, and so, so Solomon does ask God for wisdom. He does. And, and we see this in 1 Kings 3, verses 10 through 12. It says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice, and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as 
no one has ever ha- has had or ever will have. You got it. Sorry, the, these slides when they come in for me, they're black. Yeah, and so it's yeah. hard to read. I'm oh, you're to, actually reading from the slides. I'm Look reading you, from the bro. slides. Yeah. Look at you. That's that's festive. Yeah. Festive. And, and so God, God took His request, and He was like, you know what? Dude. Because you didn't ask for mm-hmm, wealth mm-hmm. or the death of your enemies or mm-hmm. or a long life mm-hmm. or whatever prosperity. You know what? I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you what you asked for, and God kind of gave mm-hmm. him the other things as well. Well, and I think the um, I, I think the thing that you always have to come back to is that there is a huge difference between worldly, um, cultural wisdom and godly spiritual wisdom. Yep. Am I right? Yeah. Two different. Totally there's a difference beasts. between wisdom and knowledge. Exactly. A big difference. But I, I came up with a, a Christian definition of wisdom, which is, is a good. spiritual understanding of the things of God applied to earthly living. That was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You, that's basically, you know God's word and you do God's exactly. word. You apply it, you apply it to your life. So God has given Solomon the ability to kind of look at things from all aspects. And I, and the verse that you just read about Solomon, I, I don't think sometimes that we realize what comes with that, with what God gave him. Right. We're thinking of wisdom in our own mind, but I bet this was off the charts. Like we can't even imagine uh, wisdom. So Solomon had to deal with some, some, pretty difficult situations um in right. in his in his kingship and you know i think i said yesterday if not one or both services that he actually actually acted like a one man supreme court you know he would he would make the right decision when right. when that happened which right. not always the way with our guys i was going to say ladies, there there, so. were, there were so many um i agree with you you could have probably done 3 months on exactly. these kings like there's the account where the two women come to Solomon. Exactly. Um and and he and they one of them, you know, they both had babies. Um one of them slept on their baby in the middle of the night and killed it, right? Am, am yeah, right? yeah, yes. yeah. And um this is the BSV, the Brandish Nall version, I'm paraphrasing. But anyway, mm-hmm. so they come to him arguing one has a baby that's alive, one has a baby that's dead, and they're both saying the baby that's alive is my baby. Right, right. And they don't want to come off that and he's like, Okay, fine. Um, take the baby that's alive, take a sword, cut it down the middle, give half to one, half to the other. And the mom that is actually the mother to the baby is like, no, 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 no. She can have it. Right. And he's like, give the baby to that mom because that's the actual mom. Like, like his wisdom. Exactly. Was, like he was so good. I love reading those accounts. Exactly. Like, you know, he, he was great in governing the people, which is what he asked wisdom for. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, I, I want to be smart. I want to exactly. be wise in governing your people. Exactly. So, um, I don't, have you ever watched Seinfeld? Yeah. So there's an episode where Elaine gets this bike, but she said she promised it to Kramer yeah. if Kramer could fix her neck. And she, she was just joking. Uh, she's like, I'd give this bike away if I get my neck fixed. And he cracked it like one time. And so he's like, I'll be back for that bike. Well, she was having a hard time with it. So, they went to see Newman, and they were like, Newman. "We need to who who belongs to the the bike and and he's sitting there and he was like, "So I'm glad you guys came to me today because here's what we're going to do. I'm going to cut the bike in half and give each of you half the bike." And Kramer's like, "No, no, let her have it. Let let her have the bike. It's hers." And he went, "Kramer, you are the rightful owner of the bike." <laughs> <laughs> So that take off of Solomon. yeah, and it's amazing how many like you you see things like people know mm-hmm. people know by uh, Bible stories that that's a Bible story exactly. exactly so that and I know this was almost thirty years ago right. that episode right. but I'm telling you 
it's amazing that how people don't know God's word because if that's in an episode of Seinfeld 30 years ago, right. I'm telling you, people know. It was there for a reason. It, yeah, yeah. People yeah. know. That's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, um, but Solomon, he had his hands in almost everything. I mean, he, he, he for the wisest man, like in the earth, he was maybe the dumbest man on exactly. the earth. Exactly. You know, he, he, after he tried everything, and I read this yesterday, Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, and then verse 8, he said everything is meaningless, completely meaningless. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're never content. How much does that describe the world, though, too? Right now, today. He's like, like 100% on the beam. People continue to reach for this, that thing, and the next new thing, and the shiny thing, and, you know, whatever, more friends, more sex, more money, more yep. fame, yep. and, and there's never it's satisfied. Never enough. Because you are trying to fill that with something that yeah. you think is going to fill that right. hole, and it can never be done mm-hmm. physically. And that's that's what Solomon is actually coming to. So when he says everything is meaningless, it's like it's a bubble that burst, he actually says at one point. Um, Solomon had some off-the-charts you know, knowledge. He's smarter than anybody that ever lived other than Jesus. You know right, I mean, right. he is the smartest man that has ever walked the planet. Um, he said in Ecclesiastes 1, 16 and 17, I'm wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me, and I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom. This is interesting. To wisdom, to madness, and folly. I'd like to know what the meaning of madness and folly is Mm -hmm. for that day. So he says, but I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind, meaning you're never going to be able to get a hold of it. Yep. First Kings 4 verse 30 says, in fact, his wisdom exceeded all that of the wise men of the East and the wise men of Egypt. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 1.18, he says this. He says, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. Think about that statement. Yeah. The thing that he asked for, he got, but it brought him sorrow. It brought him grief. Right. Why do you think that? I don't know. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, and you, you mentioned this yesterday, it's like a relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing we need. Um, you know, we, we think, and you said, you, you were like, if I, you know, could live in the, the nicest house and have everything I wanted, but I, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, or if I had to live in a cardboard box, mm-hmm. but I knew that Jesus was all I had and that when I died, I'm, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to receive that promise, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the cardboard box. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's really at the heart of it. What matters, and, and Solomon, I think, comes to understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried everything. He's like, he did. Well, this this is worthless. It's meaningless. Yeah, I mean, it, because uh, it never satisfies your what's deep down in your heart and your soul. You right it, it, that right. things don't fix you. Right. They may give you a temporary fix or a temporary band aid. Right. But in the long haul, it that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It just it wears off. And, and I mean, you can see that today. I mean, you already brought this up. We see this today in our culture mm-hmm. and even people who are, um, professing Christians, um, are looking for something in their heart. And so, I mean, I see it. I see it in their eyes. I see it in their longing in their hearts. You right. can see it in their, in their actions or their reactions or even their conversations. And, um, the thing I think that people are looking for 100% is God. It's, it's that, it's the saving blood of Jesus Christ. It's that personal walk with Jesus. Right. And, you have to have the personal walk with Jesus to have that need met in, in your life. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 says, The Lord is our God, 
the Lord God alone. I love that. And you must love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Yep. It doesn't say some, doesn't say a little bit, doesn't say a fraction, doesn't say Monday, you know, Monday and Tuesday. It, it, it's all the time. Yep. All the time. You have to love the Lord your God. Yep. And I, and I think that's the thing is when, when you're in that mindset, the focus is on who? It's on God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not on you, but, but I'm guilty of it. You're mm-hmm, guilty mm-hmm. of it. The world is guilty of it. Christians are guilty mm-hmm. of it. We, we want to focus on us. It's all mm-hmm. about me. It's about what I need or think mm-hmm. I need. It's about my wants, mm-hmm. about what's going to make me happy. I mean, you right. look at, you, you know, you look at just, just Christians and like the divorce rate in Christians. And I don't know what the more recent numbers are, but I know what back eight, 10 years ago, the divorce rate in Christians was every bit as high, if not higher yeah. than among non-Christians. Yeah. Because people are searching for their own needs to mm-hmm. be met. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no idea of a covenant relationship mm-hmm. between a man and a woman and, and God, you know, because it's all about me. It's all selfish. Right. Um, and so we, we see that. And I, and I think that's where we were created to worship the creator. Mm-hmm. But so often we want to worship ourselves and we want mm-hmm. the focus to be on us and we want to receive all of the benefits and we want to receive the enjoyment mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And, and I think Solomon kind of went down that road. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was trying to seek things to make him happy. Right. And like right. you said, you know, put a, to put a bandaid on it just to, to mask the feeling of, you know, whatever for a time, but those things wear off. I think it was so smart that he was, I think he knew the answers to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think he's so smart and has so much wisdom. I think that, it is kind of one of those things. He's, but he's got a um, an un, he, his soul is unsettled. There is not that peace, right. so he's not totally giving it all to God mm-hmm. at that point. And um, and here's the thing today: um, you cannot come to God alone just through your mind, because our minds right. are sinful. Right, our hearts are sinful. Second uh, Corinthians three fourteen, the people's minds were hardened, and to this day. Whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. There, there's, there's such a veil that Satan has slipped over everybody's eyes. Second Corinthians 4, 4 tells us Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Yep. And I, I'm, I'm even going to go one step further. He's blinded the minds of those who profess to be Christians. I agree. But, I wonder how much they actually believe because mm-hmm. they're falling for so many things uh, from the culture and, and everything else. And and I think that's why we see what we're what we've seen taking place, you know, where uh, where June has been set aside as Pride Month. Uh, I think the veil that Satan has thrown over the people's eyes and uh, the government and the culture and our school systems and whatever you want to do, he's attacked the minds of people. Right. And people's minds are just been diluted and watered down. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a. The proverbial brainwashing that that he has done, you know. I, here's the thing: today, the Bible tells us that the devil's real. Mm-hmm. He has demons mm-hmm. who work for him, mm-hmm. and and I have had Christians tell me, "I don't want to talk about that." Too bad, right? That's whether you want to talk yep. about it or believe in it. Guess what? Doesn't have any bearing on if it's reality because it's reality. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that the devil is real and demons are working. Boom, you live in a spiritual world, get over yourself and, you know, just roll with the flow on this and right. believe what God has to say. And that's why there's such an all out assault today on the, on the things of God. People think it's Republican or Democrat. We're, we're those are, you know, that is no longer the nope. issue. This nope. is an all out assault 
on the things of God. Just watch everything that takes mm-hmm. place and see what they're trying to take away and how this moves against God. It's a chess piece game that Satan's playing with God. You and I are just in caught in his web yep. at this point. And so this is a game that Satan loves to play with uh, with the world and with the culture. Yeah. Um, Ephesians, I lost my place. No, that's that's where you just were came from. The the uh, quote you gave by Adrian Rogers yeah. was so spot on. Um, and just this first this first sentence, like when I read it as I was kind of planning this service, I'm like, absolutely. He said, God never meant for us to know what evil is. You know, we look around the world and we see everything mm-hmm. that's going on. God never exactly. intended, you know, and, and I've had that conversation with people and, you know, people who've maybe lost a child too early or people who right. had to go through tough circumstances and financial circ- and this is right. That. And it's like, God, God never intended that. Mm-hmm. When God created the world, when God created everything, he even created Adam and Eve, there was no death. There was exactly. no pain. There was no sorrow. And so Adrian Rogers said, God never meant for us to know what evil is. We were created in his image, and we were to live thousands of years and build a wonderful world with God's help. But we rebelled against God and gained the knowledge of evil. And, and what we're seeing today mm-hmm. is the knowledge of evil. And that's that's 100%, um, that's 100% right because... That's what we have. Uh, that's what we've learned: the knowledge of evil. Yeah. Adam and Eve didn't have that, yeah. and uh, but we we've learned that we've we've had that you know stuff down stuff down our throats, and so that's why we see what's taking place um, in our country with our government mm-hmm. in the White House. That's why there's bombs. That's why you know both sides of the aisle are absolutely dreadful. That's why there's chemical warfare. That's why we got COVID nineteen. That's why there's computer. I, I could go on for absolutely hours about this. That's the knowledge of evil. So I asked a question yesterday, what can we do or what, what can we do? And I, here's the simplest thing I, I think I've ever said. It's just you believe in God, you take Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you allow him to dominate everything about you. Exactly. And I know that sounds almost too simplistic, but that's the absolute truth. Right. That's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to shut the world out. You got to quit listening to the lies of Satan. That reminds me of a song we sing, and you know it's in prayer form pretty much. It says, but what can I say? And what can I do but offer this heart, Lord, completely mm-hmm. to you? You know, it's all about just accepting him and following following his will for your life. Right. Which in today's world, it's not easy. No, but not at it, all. But it's laid out for right. us. Um, I love – did you read Philippians 2, 5 already? No, I um, – well, no, I have not. Okay. It says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. To have the mind of Christ. Yeah, we got to have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, one of my we've mentioned before one of my favorite verses, um, Philippians two five through eleven. But mm-hmm. Philippians two verse five says your attitude should be that is the same of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and then it lays out what his attitude looked like. Exactly. You know, that's what we're called to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to look different than the rest of the world. Exactly. It means we may disagree with something that exactly. know, a family member says or a friend says, and we can do that in a way that says, "Hey, I love you." Exactly. But. God's word says that that's a sin. Exactly. You know, and that's what it boils down to. You know, it's not even like I'm right, you're right, you know, I'm wrong, you're wrong. It's what does God's word say? Is it a sin? Exactly. Or is it not? Exactly. You can present the gospel to people, all now it's up to them to do with it what they exactly what they want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And then there's your favorite verse. One of them, yeah. I don't have this one tattooed on my body, but you, you know. Don't. It says, uh, Romans 12, 2, um, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing 
and perfect. So I asked a question yesterday. Do you have peace? Yeah. Do you have peace in your life? Yeah. Do you? Because it's a very, very, it's like catch, catching a greased pig. Mm-hmm. It's like catching the wind. When you actually get it, you know it. And right. so when you have peace, you absolutely yeah. know it in your life. So and, and, do you have peace? Yeah. And can you have peace? Absolutely. And the answer is yes. You can have peace. Um, you can have that through Jesus Christ because, like I said yesterday, because he truly is the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And I think people f- for, forget that. And um, here's my here's my thing. When are we all just going to realize that our, our our problems are fixed with God's Word and Jesus Christ? Yeah. Why why do we try to go to any other source besides besides God's word in Jesus Christ? I don't know why we do that. Right. I mean, I've done it too. Where I try to seek out some help or try to seek up some advice or hey, I need to read this. This guy wrote this and you know, why don't I just go to God's word and see right. what God's word says and find out what I need through Jesus Christ. And um it's so much simpler if I just do it that way. But, right. you know, again, Satan tries to complicate things for us to pull us off track. First um, Corinthians 3.19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Um, and as the scripture says, he traps the wise in a snare of their own cleverness. Hmm. And I, I, like I said yesterday, those who sit in Washington, D.C., who think they know better than all of you. And you know what? They do. They think you, they know better than yep. you. They don't, God looks at them as utter fools because guess what? They're not following him. Yeah. Earlier on in first Corinthians, first Corinthians one, 18 through 21 says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. And, and you see that right. people are mocking the cross. They're oh, mocking God. They're mocking Jesus. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God, as the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. So, you know, the White House, the government, college professors, those who see themselves so enlightened and so intellectual, and they think that the Bible is foolish and outdated, and if you follow it, Brandon, you're nothing but a redneck. You know, that's what they think. They'll call you these names. You're an idiot. You're a redneck. Uh, these poor people who do this, uh, sometimes I don't know if I want to kick them in the seat of the britches right. or get on my knees and just pray for them because yep. they have had their minds blinded by the deception, by the veil of Satan, mm-hmm. and they are blinded to the truth of God. So people need to realize this, that sin is a disease. It is. It is. A, it's, it's worse than cancer. It's worse than COVID-19. It's worse than anything that you can absolutely think of. And the Bible says that, that we have all sinned. We've all co- fallen short of the glory of God. And so what do I do? I come to the cross. I come to Jesus. That's why, you know, yesterday was so good that that we sang at the uh, the old the rugged, rugged cross, cross. because literally, we that's lay, where we, we got to stop. Down. We lay it all down. That's where all of us have to go. All of us have to go to the to the cross to have the blood of Jesus Christ cover right. our sins, and that's what we have to do. So we dump our pride and we dump our who we think we are and mm-hmm. we allow Christ to forgive us of our sins and he changes our minds and I can't believe yesterday I didn't put in the 1 Corinthians 5:17 verse because right. that was a that would have been a good one too 2 so. Corinthians 5 2 Corinthians 5 anyone who's in Christ is a new creation yeah right gone. yeah the only thing I is and and as I was kind of playing those those lyrics through my head on the old record cross one of my favorite songs of all time by the way um that's lo- one of your favorite yes oh, okay. I love the old record cross but uh, you know the lyrics of of that song, I feel like are just a little off. 
you know, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. It's like, okay, I understand what the writer's saying, but I disagree a little bit because why would I cling to my trophies now until I die or Jesus comes back and then I lay them down? Like God calls us to lay our, our trophies. You know, trophies are those things that we hold on to. They're, we boast about them. Like, hey, look at me. I got this trophy because I won first place. Mm-hmm. We need to lay the trophies down now. Right. We need to lay them down. We can lay them down at the foot of the cross right, right now. Exactly. And maybe that's what the, you know, George Bernard, Bernard, um, was talking about when he said that. But, yeah. I, you know, as I was playing through those lyrics, it's like, man, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think, yeah, we just need to lay the trophies down now. Well, that's true. And, you know, um, it's very difficult to pull out of ourselves. It's very difficult to not get involved with us in our desires and our likes and our dislikes. It's so hard. It's so right. hard. Right. It's so hard not to press those over God in mm-hmm. what God wants in my life. But we do. We do that. And that's why we're, that's why we're a mess sometimes. Um, people who come to church, they bring their kids to church, mm-hmm. but they do not during the week represent. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. Represent what God wants in their life. So God is really just, he's kind of a add on, but he's not mm-hmm. the priority in that family's life. So sports dominates that family, um, you know, vacations or camping or what canoe, what, whatever you want to do, golf that always supersedes God. Right. Um, there's hardly any prayer in the household. They don't pray for be, before they eat. There's no like, Hey, let's pray before we go to bed. You know, something happens in their life. They're not, Hey, what does God's word say about that? So as that family gets older and grows and their kids get older and they mm-hmm. grow and they send their kids off to a secular, secular university. Yep. And they end up sitting, the parents sit in my office saying, I don't know what happened. We brought them to church our entire life. Right. What I want to say is that, yeah, you brought them to church, you raised them on church, but you didn't raise them on God. Yeah, you, and sometimes I just want to um, just be as honest as I possibly mm-hmm. can because there's a way to fix that, but it's going to be harder now. So parents, if um, you're listening, mm-hmm. it's on you. It's our it's responsibility. It's on you yep. to get these kids involved in a relationship to God, not a relationship to the church. Right. Big, yeah, way bigger than just Sunday morning or even youth group on Sunday evening. Exactly. You know, it has to be, you know, and I don't get it right all the time, you know, but it, it has. Right. right. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> my kids would tell you that. But we, as parents, and, and Allie and I have had this discussion lately, and, and I actually had this discussion with Jordan recently. It's like, you know what? My number one responsibility as a father is to point you to Jesus. Like that's my number one goal is to point you to Jesus. Right. Um, you know, and then to protect you and right. to, you know, all the other things that kind of fall underneath of that. But first and foremost, like it, you've, you've said this many times, if your kids had to pick up pop cans on the side of the road to make a living and to feed their families, you didn't care as long as you knew when they died, they were going to heaven. heaven. Yeah. Like that, that's our number one goal as a parent. Right. Um, and so, yes, we do have to, um, it's our responsibility as parents to lead our children, yep. um, not just to church right, our right, children. And right. it's not the church's responsibility to teach your children. What no. we have going on here on Sundays is awesome. I love hearing my kids talk about how great it is and the lessons they're learning and what they're doing, but it goes beyond, you know, they, they've got our kids for an hour a week. Right. Um, our kids are with us way more than that. I love the verse you read from Psalm 37, verse 16. It's better to be godly and have little 
than to be evil and rich. Exactly. And, and you know, we, we kind of have to realize that it's really not about what we have. Exactly. God calls us to be like Jesus. Exactly. Well, um, when you're looking at when we're looking at Solomon and all the things that Solomon did, he's he's wise, he's educated, he's gave himself to so many things yes. in his life. And Ecclesiastes two three, he says, "As um, this this cracked me up when when I read this. After much thought, I decided to clear my um, clear myself with wine. I think I turned around after I read it on the screen. I was just, anybody ever tried that? Clear yourself with wine, and <laughs> while still seeking wisdom, I clutched foolishness in this way. I tried to experience only the happiness that most people find during their brief time in this life. And the thing about Solomon is he did absolutely everything. Right. I mean, Solomon, um, you know, he had the best of everything. He had uh, had a swimming pool that like nobody else ever had. Right. It was flanked by twelve lions in in bronze. He had forty thousand horses. He drank from the best wine from goblets and can we can we talk about I, i'm just gonna say it the woman problem he had that was a problem like yeah 700 wives and 300 concubines i mean you have a hard enough time with ali in that kickball game so, right i mean right right exactly i mean 700 wives and 300 concubines i don't know how deep we can get into this and not keep this on the pg level right. but yeah I, I don't want to put, hit the explicit button when we're so one thousand women in women his life in his life you got adult women that's not counting you got, all the kids right now you got had. a mother-in-law a mother a wife and two daughters that's mm-hmm. five. five women it's a lot it's a lot to handle it is a lot to handle i've got two granddaughters a wife and a daughter daughter-in-law so i got you've got five five it's a lot it is a lot. it's a lot i mean and it's good but it's a lot but um solomon though is having um you know this is more than just a, a casual acquaintance and right and i don't know how how <laughs> i really don't know the relationship status of you know i said a couple weeks ago david yes. should put it's complicated it's, solomon right. if he had facebook definitely this is complicated. It's very complicated this is complicated i've got a thousand women you know in my you know in my stable Right. You know, so there's a there's a thousand women there. But, you know, um, you know, he had every, if you think about this he, thousand women and 40,000 horses in his oh stable. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, he had every uh, you could just let me just say every sensual and yep. probably sexual mm-hmm. pleasure and experience that you could possibly have. And um, he had literally every pleasure yep. at his beck and call, yep. whatever he wanted to yep. do. But with every pleasure and every lust and every experience Solomon had, um, I think I said yesterday, he sat out under the stars one day and, and he came to the conclusion that it's meaningless. It's, meaningless. it's like a bubble that bursts. It's like the, it's like a fog. It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's nothing there. There's nothing to, there's, it's a, it's like a vacuum. It's gone. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. No. So I ask a question. Do you really know Jesus Christ? Cause this is what this boils down to, right? Right. Yeah. Do you, do you have his peace today? And, and, and I believe if we're constantly in turmoil in our life and we find no peace, then I don't know if you have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and guide. Right. Because you should be experiencing some peace in your mm-hmm. life at times. I know the world's going to shock you and move you down a road, but you shouldn't live there. The world doesn't shock me anymore, yeah. actually. It's just the world. Exactly. But only Jesus can give you the peace exactly. that you need. Solomon not only was had all that pleasure, but he was the richest man yep. in the world too. 
Uh, I think he said. I think I said yesterday. He makes Elon Musk look like an hour, hourly employee at Walmart. And what but, was that? What was the number that you gave? Like of what he? The weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred, three score, and six talents. Which there's a little bit of confusion on this, but what I boiled it down to, what they came to the conclusion of, this is like four and a half billion dollars. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. Now you're talking Bible days. We're not four and a half billion dollars is great money right now, right? But can you think about four and a half billion dollars back, back then, then yeah. what that would have been like? Mm. Um, mentioned he had a stable of 40,000 horses. What would it take to run that thing? Right. That's a stable. Yes. I mean, they need groomed. They need fed. They need cleaned after. I mean, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But one night, again, he sets out on top of his house in Lebanon and he clutches at his chest and he comes to the conclusion that it's meaningless. Everything yeah. is absolutely meaningless. This is just – this is a bubble that burst and – um I tell you what, I, I, I think you said this earlier, but um, I, I literally would rather have nothing and have Jesus yeah. Christ and have everything in the world that has to offer mm-hmm. and die and go to hell. I'd rather just go with Jesus. Yep. So. Solomon wrote this in Proverbs 23, verses yeah, 4 and 5. He said, don't wear yourself out by trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Exactly. And he's not, and he's not saying that you can't have money. No, he's not saying that it's not good to have money. You know, no. it's it's good to provide for no. you and your family and whatnot. He's right. saying, don't worry yourself by trying trying to get rich like that. If you're chasing after that, it's it's meaningless. I like what Jesus asked in Mark eight thirty six. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you profit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Yeah. What do you? There, there's that. It's all meaningless at that point, right? right. And I and I think I said yesterday that maybe some of people that were listening yesterday, maybe even today, as you're listening to this, you've gained all you can gain in your circle of yep. your movement of that you run in. Yep. And, and you're you're at the top of the heap, and you, you you've come to church, you're 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 baptized, and uh, but deep down in your life, the, there's something missing. And if something's constantly missing in your life, can I just tell you something? You probably don't have a true relationship with jesus you are a church goer right and there are two those are two different beasts right when you start looking you said at that, that that makes you religious exactly 100 you know, and there's a difference between having a relationship with jesus christ exactly and being religious solomon had um this guy did everything he had uh, a love for music and the arts he built uh, the most beautiful gardens he hosted recitals ecclesiastes 2 11 he says i've looked at everything that i worked so hard to accomplish and it's all so so meaningless. meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. There's nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Mm-hmm. This is from the wisest man on yep. the planet. Yeah, John MacArthur had a good quote. That was good. I I'll read it. Awesome. He said, "Some people buy into the American dream. They forget that it is smoke and mirrors. The only thing that will bring you to reality is Jesus Christ. There, you find peace, joy, and true happiness." And I agree with him one hundred percent. Solomon, moving on, built the greatest, um, probably one of the greatest buildings of all time. He built the temple, and it's, it literally was called one of the seven wonders of the world. I would love to have seen that thing in its all of its glory, you know what I mean? But the temple took seven years to build, and this is the thing that I thought was uh, amazing. And I didn't read all these scriptures because I've right. been there all day long. Yeah, there's, yeah. But it's built in a quarry. They're never used an axe, a hammer, or an iron tool because they didn't want any noise to be made. How, think about that. Right. You got this building construction, but nothing, you can't really hear it. The floor is gold. Yep. It takes 150,000 workers over seven years to build uh, the temple. But the thing I think I said yesterday is the temple means absolutely nothing because it's a building. Yeah. 
if God's not if God's a part not of present. your yeah. life. God has to be present. So Solomon tried religion, and he tried it, and he literally tried religion without God. And I, I think the same thing happens today. We have mm-hmm. a lot of people yep. who are religious, and religious. I think I said I've been in the ministry for thirty nine years, and the thing I've wanted I told everybody is I've gone to church with thousands of religious people. Now been real godly, mm-hmm. but they have been very religious. And they've never really had that personal relationship to Jesus Christ because, you know, here's how you know if you're just a religious person. If, and I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be really honest with you all if you're listening, um, that if you make, try to make a change at church and you've gone to church yeah. for a long time and you try to paint something or add on or build on or change the carpets or move a room around and you lose your ever loving mind and mm-hmm. you spend days about it agonizing over it and you're and, mad yeah. and you're complaining, I'm gonna be honest with you. You're not godly. You're religious. You're caught up in religion. It's like the and, temple. And church has become your God. Exactly. The building has become your God. Say what you God. say. Your actions speak louder yeah. than words. And I love that verse that you read, you know. Um, or sorry. Mm, I can't remember what you. Anyways, it was something you said, and it reminded me of the song we sang, at, you know, at the end yesterday. Okay. And or you were talking about how, you know. If where they built the temple, that's what it was, right? And that's I, I was trying to get back to that where right. where it was. I kind of wanted to cross my fingers and be like, okay, I remember that. And you were talking about how you know it was so elaborate, it was immaculate, it was gorgeous, but if God's presence wasn't there, it was just a building. Building. And we sang "House of the Lord" as we closed yesterday, and I, I reminded people of, hey, as we leave today, you know, there's joy in the house mm-hmm. of the Lord. We're going to mm-hmm. sing that. But may there continue to be joy in the house of the Lord as you leave, because when you leave, this just becomes a building. The, the house of the Lord goes with you. Exactly. You are the house of the Lord. We are the house of the exactly. Lord. Exactly. As long as God is in us. Exactly. Um, and it's just like that. And so are we, you know, are we a disciple of Jesus or mm-hmm. are we being religious? Mm-hmm. And that's true. Um, and then Solomon, he finally came to a conclusion. My final conclusion. After he's done everything there is to do. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Here's now my final conclusion. It's like he's been on a test run, right? Fear God and obey his commandments, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything that we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. That's a very convicting verse. It is. And I agree with him 100%. That the conclusion of life is to fear God and to do what he tells us to do. And if you just did that... I'm telling you, you're going to have some peace in your life. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you don't need to be as smart as Solomon, but I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have some peace that possibly that he didn't have for a long time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. And so that's the question. You know, we can't have that peace without mm-hmm. Jesus. Are we going to listen to him? You know, he said, Mark 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you want the freedom today? Right. Do you want that weight lifted off of you? You know, quit relying on yourself. Quit relying on or thinking that the world's going to provide you something to right. take that weight off of you. Right. It's not going to do it. Right. It only comes through having a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ and trusting him mm-hmm. fully. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free. Exactly. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's all through Jesus. It's the only way. There's not... Three ways, there's not six ways, there's a one way, and it's through Jesus Christ, because he went to the old record cross. Exactly. He paid the price for our sins that we couldn't pay, because we're not perfect. 
Well, that's the thing. You have to. You always have to remember the world's going to trick you. Satan's going to trick you that there's so many ways that you yes. can get to heaven. You don't have to. You, you can, know what? You can do whatever you want because God's going to forgive you in the end. That's another way that exactly. he oh, tries exactly. to trick you to get to heaven because you know it's like God. It's God's job to forgive me because God's not. God loves God, me exactly. And, you know, so He understands who I am. He understands why I don't come to church. He understands that I don't always get along with people. He He understands why I say that's Satan's greatest dupe to somebody who goes to it church is. all the time. He's giving you another way other than Jesus yep. Christ because Jesus has a lot to say about those things that exactly. you just said. Yeah. So you're fully ignoring what God's word says about those things. So, well, you, and you've said it, you're creating your own God and exactly. you've taken what God has said and you've twisted it. And now you've created your own God, you know, your own God of love. Exactly. You know? Well, God, God loves everybody. Yes, he does. But God's definition of love and the world's definition of love are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yep. Somebody asked me a question, does God love you unconditionally? And so um, they were, the, debate, the debate went on. And I said, the best way that I can describe that is this, is I love my kids unconditional. That's never going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm their dad. I love them. But my love has conditions. Exactly. And I believe that's what when I read God's mm-hmm. word, unconditionally, he loves me. He created me, he created me in his image. He has a plan for my life. He has, here's what you need to do. God loves the Israelite people. Mm-hmm. It's his people. But there was there conditions. conditions on his love. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't follow what he said. They felt his wrath. They felt his wrath and they felt he, the conditional part removed, of the love. Sometimes he removed his spirit from them. But he still loved them. Correct. So. You're, you, you, what you try to pigeonhole God into things. So what you need to do is you need to read your Bible mm-hmm. and find out literally who God is. Yeah. And well, that's and how you'll know. It's like when Jesus was talking, you know, Jesus comes back, Peter denied Jesus and, and Jesus is having this conversation with, with Peter. And he's like, well, if you love me, what? Obey my commands. Right. That's what God calls us to do. Mm-hmm. Obey his commands. That, that you know, it is a condition yep. of to His love. And yeah, it's a great way to put it because I've kind of wrestled with that before, and mm-hmm, I've heard people talk mm-hmm, about it. And mm-hmm. It's like you know, they Christians throw that phrase out so flippantly of "Well, God loves us unconditionally." I understand what you're saying, but it's not fully right. True. I agree with that 100. percent But I also agree that there's conditions on the love exactly of, of that when I when I read the Bible, and um, you know, a lot of Christians, people who go to church. Like to, um, it's like, it's like they grab their tray when it's like they're going to a buffet and they pull out their tray and their plate and they're going through the buffet line and they're like, Oh, you know what? I love this mercy and grace and love, but you know what? I don't like what he says about homosexuality. Right. I don't like what he says exactly. about adultery. I don't like what he says about lying or gossip. I don't like what he uh, says about being a coward. So. Yeah, I'm picking that up. So this is not a buffet, guys. Right. This is a true. You have to have all these things. You, you, you don't get to choose. It's not. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm not wired that way. Guess what? I'm not wired that way either. But as our word is, it's an intentional choice to have a relationship with God, the creator of this universe. And Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. Correct? Absolutely. There we go. So. There's the kings. There you go. We're long on the tooth today, aren't we? We are. Um, we got a few things coming up. We have, um, well, you're going on vacation. I am. So that'll be good. This coming Sunday, we we start a new series called 
sermon grab bag, and this is just whatever topic uh, we want to talk about. We're not following any theme, so this could get pretty fun. This is going to be taking place over July and August, and um hope you guys will come and hope you guys will enjoy it. And we're going to talk about some hard things, some things that we need to talk about. We're going to talk about things that uh, spiritual things. And Mm -hmm. so I hope you guys come and and take part and apply this stuff to to your life. Um, VBS is right around the corner. Yeah. July the 10th through the 14th. And I think the only thing that we're, they're asking for right now is to sign up your kids. Yeah. So, and you can sign up at richwood.church forward slash kids. You got it. So, um, I know there's some other things. I don't have them in front of me. I forgot to I bring don't them either. With me, there's, so. uh, I know on June the 30th is the campfire, campfire conversations. conversations. Yeah. Uh, you can go to the website and take a, I, I encourage everybody just, if you haven't been to our website in a while, just head over there right now. Richwood.church. And pull some things up. If you've missed some past sermons or services, uh, you can connect through, through that. Yep. And, um, I just, um, you know, Pray that you guys will, um, you know, be involved this summer. I know a lot of times people think, you know, they kind of check out. Check out. Don't check out. Don't check out. Thank God He didn't check out on you, right? Absolutely. So don't uh, don't check out. Be be engaged. Be intentional about that. I I am going to check out here in a couple of days, dude. Though. I'm not shocked. What? I'm not shocked. What? This time I'm really going on. Thankfully, vacation. there's oh this time. Thankfully, there's no beaver season for you, so. I don't know. That's, that's sad. That's sad. Yeah, I know I can, it's sad for you, bro. I can still order. I don't drink cold brews much anyways, but I can still order a French vanilla cold brew, and it's practically the same. Well, yeah. I do of, like their mocha. A little cold bit of cold brews. foam on top. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. But. Yeah, they are good. They're very good. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm, I, I know we're long in the tooth, but as we talk about this, um, when I go through the Tim Hortonless line and I do get a cold brew, and I usually get it in the afternoon, like if I go bike riding or something like that, and if Anita's with me, she, we'll get that. Yeah. And then we've brought her up before. There's a woman named Pam there. She yes. makes the best cold brews. Like everybody else does okay. Right. Hers are my, hers are like made like out of love for the cold brew. We need. They're perfect. We Absolutely need, perfect. We need a barista here at RCC. We could hire Pam to make our coffee. That would be great. It would be great. That would be great. I think we should. She, she, she knows how to make a cold brew. That's right. Um, anyway. So whoever gave us our coffee today from Hemisphere, from um, Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Thank you very much. It's very good. I really hope many, many. that the ladies haven't drank all of it because I wanted another cup, but... I may well, have to go you've make got a, a whole bag. I can go make another pot. You exactly, a whole bag. Yeah. So. And actually, um, the Hemisphere is um, in Mechanicsburg. Mechanicsburg, Mechanicsburg, and it's also served at the coffee coffee hall, cre- coffee hall in, in Creamery, Creamery in Marysville. Mm-hmm. Been a while since I've been there. Me, I haven't been there in a while either. Yeah, I thought we were on a podcast from there. We were going to. Okay, I'm just asking. I we're not make... doing it this week because you're gone. Right. Yeah. So just a reminder: Monday there will be no new podcast. So maybe go back and pick one of your favorites and listen, or don't listen at all. <laughs> we we really don't care. But yeah. what episode is this? Episode one hundred and five. One hundred five. I'm telling you, we would have been like on one thirty. Thanks for joining us. For... <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> hey, you know what? In all seriousness, and all kidding aside. Have a wonderful vacation. Thank you. And I I'm hope looking you have forward a safe to trip. I hope your family has a great time together. I hope you guys get to do everything. I hope the weather's perfect for you. 
Hope you guys don't wear those outfits, but I hope you have a wonderful time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. You enjoy your time with your granddaughter, and I don't know that's going to be good, too. I so. will. We'll miss you for not being here. Um, I, I know If that, I'm honest, I, I always miss when I'm not here. I do. It's like home. Man, for a guy who said that, you miss a lot, man. Right? You. <laughs> Come on. He just gave me the eye. <laughs> Come on. Well, on that note, you have a great week. I will. You too. Thank you. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Everybody else have a great week also. See you. Bye.